So earlier this year, we did a series looking at the seven I am statements found in John's gospel. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd, the resurrection and the life, the way, the truth and the life and the true vine. So we looked at these seven I am statements found in John's gospel. But as well as those seven I ams, what we also see is in John chapter eight, there are three I am nots. And so we're just going to spend the next three weeks looking at these I am not statements. I am not alone. I am not of this world and I am not seeking glory for myself. And we're going to look at these because while they were powerful statements that Jesus made about himself, I also believe that they can be declarations for us as followers of Christ too, that actually they should be kind of part of our heart, part of our character, part of who we are as well. And so we're just going to delve into these and see what we can unpack and unpick to help us on our journey of faith, to help us to get closer to being more and more like Jesus. So we're going to look at that over the next three weeks. So we're going to start with number one, I am not alone. Everyone say, I am not alone. alone. Excellent. Just making sure you're awake. All right, so we're going to read John chapter 8, verses 12 to 16. And it says this, When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And the Pharisees challenged him, saying, Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. So that's our key statement for this morning. I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. So before we get into this statement, before we unpick this I am not statement, let's just get the context of where this falls into the Jesus story. And it's so important to make sure that you're reading what comes before a passage and maybe a little bit after so that you get the context and you don't just pluck a saying out and start throwing it around willy-nilly and hoping that it makes sense. It's important to get the context of what it is that we're saying. And so this passage that we've read this morning, it begins, I am the light of the world. And it follows on, we talked about it, if you remember back in January, it follows on from the woman caught in adultery and that kind of dialogue that happens there when the Pharisees bring this woman before Jesus and they say she has been caught in adultery. What are we to do with her? Because the law says, stone her. The law says, stone her. What are you, Jesus? What do you say that we should do with this woman? And then, I don't know, you probably know this, but Jesus gets down on the floor and he begins to write in the dirt. And we don't know exactly what it is that he's writing, but we can infer from the story that perhaps he's writing down a number of sins that perhaps those gentlemen have committed over their lives. And when he's finished writing in the dirt, he stands up and he says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone and then they begin to wander away one by one 
beginning with the oldest down to the youngest. And then once they've all left, he stands up and he looks at this woman and he says, where are your accusers? And there are none. And he says, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And when he says go and sin no more, what he's saying is go and follow my teachings. Live the life that I have been setting as an example for you. Go and, go and do that. So let's just hold on to that thought for a moment, that kind of contextual picture of what it is as we begin to move through the passage this morning. And so it goes on. The Pharisees begin to challenge him and they're saying, here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. And Jesus answers, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid for I know where I come from and I know where I'm going. And I absolutely love this because what we're seeing here is Jesus speaking with absolute certainty about his identity. He has no doubt about who he is, about where he's come from, about where he's going. He knows exactly who he is. He knows exactly whose he is. He knows what his purpose is. He knows why he was sent here. He knows what he was sent here to do. And he knows where he's going to go when the work is finished. He knows all of it without a shadow of a doubt. And I think that we need to learn from this. Actually, what we can learn is that we need to anchor ourselves in our identity. We need to anchor ourselves in our identity. So what is our identity as followers of Christ? What is our identity? We are sons and daughters of God. We are sons and daughters of God. We are co-heirs with Christ. We're co-heirs with Christ. That means we have access to everything that heaven has to offer. All the stuff that we sing about, all the stuff that we read about in the word of God, all these incredible things that we read about Jesus doing, we can do that too because we are co-heirs with Christ. All of the grace, all of the joy, all of the love, the strength, the power that heaven has to offer. We have it all through Jesus, through his Holy Spirit at work in us. We are his elect. We are the chosen ones. We are set apart in this world. This is our identity in Christ. We are priests. All of us, we are a royal priesthood. That means that we offer down our lives as living sacrifices, honoring God above ourselves, honoring other people above ourselves. We are accepted. We are forgiven. We are loved. We're loved so much that Jesus laid down his life for us. That is our identity. That is who we are. And so we need to anchor ourselves first and foremost in our identity. We were called for such a time as this with a purpose and with a calling and with a function and with a role to play in the body of Christ. So let's just kind of keep on moving. So we've anchored ourselves in our identity in Christ. Let's continue moving through this passage. Verse 15, you judge by human standards, they say. Jesus says, sorry, but I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, if I do judge, my decisions are true. <coughs> 
And we've seen this just moments before. We just talked about it with the woman caught in adultery that Jesus didn't come to judge. He said, I judge, I am not judging you. I am not here to judge you. And, you know, we know that verse, don't we? John 3, 16, so well that God sent his only son to die for us, that whomsoever should believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. But then the verse that immediately follows that, John 3, 17, says that God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. So we need to anchor ourselves in our identity in Christ, ground ourselves in the truth and the promises of God's word, of what he speaks over us. We've got to get that firm foundation in place, but not let that become a platform for us to be holier than thou, for us to look down on other people, to bring our own personal judgment on others because I see what it is that you're doing. I see how it is that you're living and God would not be happy with that. God would not be pleased with how it is that you're living but I'm over here on my pedestal living this perfect life. But you, you sinner. Yes, we are sinners. Yes, we all fall short of the glory of God. But Jesus was sent not to judge, but to save. And we were sent not to judge, but to save. Not in our own power, but through the Holy Spirit working through us as we carry the good news of the gospel to those around us. We are not called to judge. Now, the Bible does talk about iron sharpening iron, and I believe there is a line here where actually we can come alongside our brothers and sisters, and we can perhaps give them some encouragement, some challenges, but don't just be walking up to any old person and saying, that is not okay. It's got to come out of relationship. You've got to have permission to speak into people's lives in that way. We are not sent to judge, because who are we? To judge. We have all sinned. We all fall short of God's standard. Jesus didn't come to judge and neither should we. And so then we come to our main verse for this morning. I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. And so we're going to split that up this morning into three parts. Not alone, stand and sent. And the first one, I am not alone. And so time and time again through scripture, we see this, this declaration, this encouragement of God letting his people know, reminding his people, encouraging his people that he is there for us, that he's there for us. You are not alone. In Joshua chapter one, it says, no one will be able to stand against you as long as you live. Why? For I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Don't deviate from them turning to the right or the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of the law continually. Meditate on it day or night and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I am with you. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. And so uh, we see throughout Scripture, you know, David gives exactly the same encouragement to Solomon. And Jesus gave the same encouragement to his disciples at the moment of the Great Commission. He says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, pay attention, listen up. I am always with you. I am always with you to the end of the age. So how is Jesus able to say this to his disciples, that I am always going to be with you? I will always be with you when he knows that he is about to, in the next few moments, ascend to heaven and leave them to be with his father. How is he able to say, you will not be alone? It's because of that promise. Yes, I'm going to leave you, but you won't be alone because I'm going to send another. I'm going to send a helper, he says. I'm going to send my spirit to be with you. And he says that to his disciples. And I believe that he says that to us as followers of Christ, that actually he may not be with us in person. We may not walk and talk and eat with Jesus, but we have his spirit as followers of Christ, living within us, working in us, working through us. We are not alone because his spirit is with us. And so just like Jesus was able to declare with such confidence, I am not alone, we too can make that declaration. We can say with boldness, with confidence, I am not alone. You are not alone this morning. You are not alone. You know, we have each other, don't we? We have each other, brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow believers. We've got each other and we've talked about iron, sharpening iron and all of that stuff and getting involved in church on a Sunday and going to life groups and sharing together and building each other up and supporting one another when we're feeling shattered. But more than that, more than that, we have God's spirit at work and alive within us. And what does that mean for us? What does that mean for us? It means that the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead lives within us. And so I think sometimes we can almost forget the power and the magnitude of that truth, don't we? That actually, yes, we know that his spirit is with us and maybe we pray for peace and we pray for joy in moments of sadness. But do we realize the power and the authority that we have through his spirit alive in us? That spirit rose Jesus from the dead. So when we're facing impossible situations, actual real life impossibilities, God's spirit at work in us and through us can turn the impossible to possible. And we can see his power moving in our lives, in our families, in our workplaces, in our communities. What it means when we recognize and remember that God's spirit is alive and living with us, it means that we can feel that comfort of having someone with us. That actually in those moments when we do feel alone, we can remember, oh, I'm not alone. God is with me. God is with me. 
And you know, being alone, it can be quite a horrible feeling, can't it? Have you ever felt yourself in a situation where you just, you feel so alone? And actually in this kind of technologically connected world that we live in, where we've got like 300 friends on Facebook, but actually only know 100 of them and only speak to five of them. In that kind of technologically connected world, we can still feel more alone than ever before. We can feel so alone, alone in our pain, alone in our situation, alone in our struggles and alone with our thoughts. But we're not alone. We are not alone. Maybe you need reminding of that this morning. I am not alone. Just say it in your mind, say it in your heart. I'm not alone. You know, I went to a a gig in Manchester a few months back um, and I was meeting a friend there before the gig and he was out on a bit of a works do at this bar in Manchester. And and so I was going to meet him. I'd never been to this bar before. Um, I knew where it was, but I've never been before. And so I arrived at this bar and I'm alone. And I don't know if you've ever been in a situation like this where you're going to a party or a gathering or something and you you know someone there, but you're arriving on your own and it's a bit awkward, isn't it? And so I arrived at the bar and it's jam-packed, full of people. It's a massive room and I'm kind of scanning the room, trying to find my friend in amongst this crowd and I can't see him. So I'm on my phone and I'm making it look like I'm busy and important and not alone and not feeling super awkward in this situation. And then I'm trying to scan the room. Where is he? Where is he? And I don't know, you sort of feel like timid, don't you, in that situation? Like just all of your confidence just falls out of you. And you're like, this is so weird. I just wish that someone would be here to give me comfort. And then that moment happens where you lock eyes with them across the room. And you're like, yes, I'm not alone anymore. And somehow the confidence just fills you. It did for me and it filled me. And I began to stride across this bar. Like I knew exactly where I know someone who's over here. And I'm going to go and meet him. And then you're like, yeah, it's good. It's good to see you. And just all that confidence and that boldness and that courage just kind of came back to me because I was no longer alone. I had a friend. I had a partner in this crowd of weird, crazy people. I was no longer alone. And I don't know, I think for many of us, that kind of feeling can perhaps be a little bit relatable in certain situations when we we find ourselves in something and we don't feel like we belong. Or we don't feel like we fit in. Or maybe we think that people are kind of looking at us and thinking, what's this guy doing? And maybe we're feeling eyes of judgment, whether it's happening or not, we think they're judging me because I'm stood here alone in this situation or we feel like we've made a bad choice or a bad decision and we just feel alone and we feel awkward and we feel timid and we we feel like we just have no confidence anymore and we start to think I don't belong here I don't fit in here and we just we feel so alone or maybe you've been pursuing something, you've been chasing after a dream or a call of God on your life and for some reason you're, you're hitting a brick wall and, and, and things just seem to be falling by the wayside and there's more kind of confusion and questions than there are answers or solutions and you're just like, what is going on here? I'm just alone in this situation. And we just get that feeling of, I'm just so alone in it all. But Jesus said... With boldness and with confidence, I am not alone. I'm not alone. 
And so when you feel yourself kind of feeling that feeling of just, oh, I just, I feel like I just don't belong. I don't fit in. I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And you feel alone. Like Jesus said, we too can have the boldness and the courage and the confidence to speak it out. I am not alone. And not just to speak it out as empty words, just to hope that as I speak it, it will help me to feel better, but actually to believe it, to declare it, to know that I am not alone because his spirit is alive within me. I am not alone. I am not alone. And Jesus goes on. He was able to declare it with such confidence because of what follows. I am not alone because I stand with the Father. I stand with the Father. And so we're talking about I am not alone. And then secondly, I am called to stand. I am not alone because I stand with the Father. And so we see this again throughout Scripture that actually we are called and we are encouraged to stand. With Pharaoh's army coming at him on one side and the Red Sea raging on the other, Moses was able to, Moses was able to tell the Israelites, don't be afraid, stand firm. This situation looks like it's not going to end well. We talked about it, didn't we, a few weeks ago. I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. This, isn't, this looks like it's not a good place to be, but stand firm. Don't run. Don't flee. Don't panic. Stand and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Paul writes in his letter to the Corinthians, be on guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. He writes to the Ephesians, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all, to stand, to stand firm. And we're called throughout scripture time and time and time again to stand firm in the Lord, to stand firm in the Lord. And that picture of putting on the armour of God, it feels like a real act of war, of preparation to go charging into battle. But instead of being given all these pieces of armour and all of the different things that they represent, and then having the call to go, to charge, to attack, what does he say? He says, stand. Having put on all of this armour, having prepared yourself for war, for battle, stand. Stand. And you know, it's a challenging call to stand. Because while it, may, may, it might take courage and boldness to charge into battle, it also takes courage and boldness to stand. This is a bad analogy, but like playing a game of chicken something coming at you and it feels like this is going to end really badly. Don't do this. <laughs> Don't stand in front of a car and hope for the best. But when stuff's coming at us and bad situations seem to be barraging us and we feel like it's just time and time again we're taking all of this grief, we're called to stand. We're called to stand firm. And it almost, it almost feels like a weaker option, doesn't it? If you were to say, should I go into battle? 
Should I charge head on gung-ho into this situation or should I stand here? Which seems like the, the stronger of the two options. It seems like going is where the strength is. But actually it takes courage to stand because when you're standing, you've got to know that you're not standing alone. Because if you're standing alone, you are going to be weak. But if you know that you know that you know you are not standing alone, it's then that you have the boldness and the courage to stand. Because if I stand alone, I'm weak. If I stand alone, I'm vulnerable. But if I stand, knowing that I stand in the power and the authority of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, that actually I know I'm not alone, that God is with me through his Holy Spirit, then, then I can stand. I have the strength to stand. You know, they say there's strength in numbers, don't they? And actually, when you're facing a, a difficult situation, when you're facing a challenge to stand, me alone, I'm weak. I'm weak, I'm vulnerable. But then I, I bring Ruth next to me because she's my wife. She's my partner in life. So me plus Ruth, well, now we've got a bit of strength behind us because there's two of us. But how about me with all of you? Standing together in prayer, standing together in unity for a situation. Well, now we've got some strength. Now we've got some power. Now we've got some weight behind us. But what about me plus God? You plus God. Well, there is nothing stronger than that. There is nothing stronger than that. It's simple maths. You plus God equals unstoppable. Unstoppable. Maybe we need to be reminded of that sometimes, that actually me plus God, there is nothing that can get in my way. Nothing I can't do. Nothing that will stop me from getting to where I need to be. Nothing that can stop me from doing what God has called me to do. Me plus God, unstoppable. And to the world, looking at us, it looks weak, doesn't it? Now, I'm just going to stand here. I'm just going to keep taking what's coming at me. I'm going to stand firm. Really? On your own? You're just going to stand there? That is so weak. That is so foolish. But when we stand grounded and anchored in our identity in Christ, that we are sons and daughters of God, that we are co-heirs with Christ, that we are a royal priesthood, we are chosen, we are set apart, we are God's elect. When we can stand in all of that confidence, knowing I'm not standing alone, but I'm standing with God and me plus God is unstoppable, then we can believe that actually I have the strength, I have the boldness, I have the courage to stand up for what I believe in. In a world when it's speaking and trying to oppress us and tell us that we can't have our actual biblical-based beliefs, I can have the strength to stand up for what I believe in. That I can have the strength to stand firm on the truth of his word. That I can trust in God to come through for me. That I can believe the impossible can become possible. That I can keep my eyes fixed on the promise of God over my life because I'm not standing on my own. I'm standing with God and I can continue to press on in his purpose and his call 
for my life because I'm not standing on my own. Yes, I'm obeying the call to stand, but I am not alone. I am not alone. I'm not alone. I'm called to stand. And then our final point this morning, I am sent. I'm sent. I'm not alone. I'm called to stand. And then I am sent. Jesus said, I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. Who sent me. Jesus was sent here by the Father for a purpose. And guess what? You were sent here by the Father for a purpose. He's given you a purpose. He's placed in your heart and in your spirit a calling on your life. Just like we said, Jesus came not to judge, but to save. We have come not to judge, but to save. Not in our own strength, not doing anything on our own, but with God, with the Father, with his spirit at work through us, we can have the power and the courage and the boldness to share the good news of Jesus to those around us. Jesus prayed to his Father in John 17, As you sent me into the world, because he knows where he came from, he knows what he came to do. He came to be sent into the world. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. Speaking about his disciples, but I believe also speaking about us. Those who Jesus calls, he also sends. And you know, there's a significance in being sent. There's a real importance about being sent because actually it says that as people receive us, his sent ones, that also means that they are receiving him. So as we are sent out into the world and people receive us, they are also receiving God. Because if we just go into the world, we can have nice conversations with people and we might be able to make them feel good about themselves. We might be able to help them with a meal or or something nice, whatever it is that they need. But if we go sent into the world, knowing that we're not alone, knowing that we're sent with God, partnering with us, then we can actually begin to achieve real change. Because when they receive us, they receive him. It says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever receives the one I send receives me. And whoever receives me receives the one I sent. When Jesus sent out his disciples, it says that he sent them to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. To proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And so we're coming full circle again, aren't we? That actually if we recognize that the same spirit who rose Jesus from the dead lives within us, then actually we have the power, we have the authority, yes, to proclaim the kingdom of God to those around us and to heal and to heal. And when Jesus gave his disciples the great commission, the call was to go. He was sending them out to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all the commands I have given you. What good is it to recognize that God is with us What good is it to to recognize that we are called to stand on the promises of God, that we're called to stand up for what we believe in, that we're called to stand against the enemy, if we don't also recognize and acknowledge that we are 
called to be sent. That we are called to be sent because we have been called to be sent into our workplaces, into our colleges, into our families, our friendship groups, our communities, our nation, our world. We have been sent to share the gospel, to share Jesus, to love, to bring peace, to bless, to help, to heal. We have been sent. And you know, we can sit here on a Sunday and we can enjoy our time together and we can have a nice brew and a cake after the service. But if we aren't recognizing that call to be sent, if what we hear and we sing about and we speak about on our Sunday doesn't impact our Monday, we've missed the point. We've missed it. And we can have a nice time in church on a Sunday, but we're ignoring the call to be sent. We're hearing I'm not alone. We're hearing that I'm called to stand, but we're getting stuck in the mud and forgetting that actually we're also called to be sent into the world to tell people about Jesus, to let them know about Jesus. And I love coming to church on a Sunday and I I love worshiping together, but it does make me a little bit sad when I look around the room and I know everyone. I know you all. And that's great and you're lovely people, but I want to see people here that I don't know. People that don't know Jesus, because that's why we're here. It's great to get together and have a sing-song and hear an encouraging message, but if people aren't hearing about Jesus, then we've missed the point. And so if they're not here on a Sunday, they're out there having a lion, playing golf, washing their car, whatever it is that they're doing, they're out there. And so we can't get stuck in the mud in church. We've got to hear the call to be sent into the world. If they're not going to come in and hear about Jesus, we've got to go and tell them about Jesus. I think I used this analogy way back when that actually we're more like paramedics than GPs. And yet we can enjoy the comfort of being a GP. Oh, I'll sit in my comfortable office and I'll wait for people to make an appointment and come and see me. And I'll maybe make them wait for a while before they get in to have a conversation with me. And then I'll write them a prescription. Yes, you need to go and sing some songs. You need to pray this prayer. Off you go and we'll see you in a few weeks' time. No, we're called to be paramedics, to hear the emergency call come in, to put on the flashing lights and the sirens and to get the heck out of there as fast as we can to take the gospel to them. We've got to take it to them because they're not coming in, look around. They're not here. We've got to take it to them. We've got to get so filled with the passion of Jesus. We've got to recognize, yes, we are anchored in our identity in Christ. Yes, we are not alone. The Holy Spirit is with me. Yes, I've been called to stand on the promises of God, but now I've got to go. I've got to go. I've got to get out there. And it's scary, isn't it? That's why we like to be GPs. Because that's easy and it pays well. It's scary to get in the fast ambulance. It's scary to get out there where there's blood and tears and broken stuff. But let me tell you, it's also really exciting. Because when you get out there into the brokenness, And you can get down on your hands and knees and begin to bring some semblance of healing. God doesn't just bless the person that you are bringing it to. He blesses you as well. He blesses you as well. We've got to go. We've got to go. And, you know, I think when we hear this call 
to be sent people. When we hear this challenge not to stay in church but to go, it can feel really scary. And we can think back to that picture of me in a bar and we can think, actually, if I go out, I'm just going to feel really awkward and I'm going to be standing in a corner hoping that someone can come and save me and come and go with me. And we can feel all of the boldness and the courage just wash away because it's safe in this building. We can praise Jesus with all of the passion and enthusiasm that we can muster. But when we get out there into the real world and we're surrounded by colleagues who've got opinions and we're surrounded by friends who are maybe a little bit judgy it can be super scary and it takes a whole new level of boldness and courage to actually go do you know what I'm going to share some of Jesus to these people you don't need to take your bible and whack them on the heads with it and say let me open this book to Leviticus and we're going to study this together you can just say let me tell you about Jesus you don't even need to do that just say let me pray for you you will be surprised when you ask someone if you can pray for them, even if they don't believe, even if they've got no understanding of God, you say to someone who is struggling, can I pray for you? They'll probably say yes. Because people are so hurting and so broken and so desperate that they'll take any help they can get, even if they think it's a fairy tale. They're like, yeah, go on then. What hurt can it do? What harm can it do? You pray to your God. And then we begin to pray with them. And they begin to hear some of our passion. And they begin to hear some of our enthusiasm and our boldness and our courage. And they're like, wow, what have you got? I want some of that. And maybe God answers our prayer in that moment and we begin to see healing and restoration. And then they're like, wow, this isn't even, this is real. And not only are they excited, but then you're excited because you're witnessing and you're being a part of God moving in this situation. We've got to go. We can't stay comfortable in church. We've got to go. We've got to go. And the amazing thing about going out into the world is that actually it allows us to use our giftings. Because each and every one of us has been created unique. We've all been filled with a whole different set of skills, giftings, passions, and we get to go. We don't have to go. We get to go out into the world and use what God has given us, use our passions, use our past, the stuff that's gone behind us. We can use some of that as our testimony to share. We get to use that, the incredible and beautiful, unique way that he has designed us we get to begin to put that into practice in the call on our lives to be sent people, to be sent people into the world, to make disciples, to teach people how to follow Jesus, to bring his blessing, to bring his power, to bring his peace, his love and his grace wherever we go. I am not alone. I'm not alone. I can stand on the promises of God's word. I can stand up for what I believe in. Yes, I can stand, but also I've got to hear the call to be sent. I've got to hear the call to be sent, to go out there, to actually make a difference. Amen? Let's pray. 
God, we thank you for this encouragement and also this challenge that we can say, I am not alone. Why am I not alone? Because I stand with the Father who sent me. And so God, I pray this morning that as we've heard this word, as we've heard this message, as we've opened up your scriptures, that actually we recognize and remember that we're not alone. That whatever circumstance or situation we find ourselves in, if we're feeling that feeling of awkwardness, of of worry, of fear, of timidity, that God, you would remind us that we are not alone. That you don't leave us, that you don't forsake us, that you are with us every step of the way. And God, I thank you for that call, that challenge to stand. That actually in a world that is barraging us with, with false doctrine, with oppressing our beliefs, oppressing the truth of your word, that actually we can stand firm on your word. That we can stand up for what we believe in. That we won't shy away but that we will have the boldness and courage that comes from knowing we're not alone to stand up for the truth, to stand up for your word, to stand up for your kingdom. And God, I pray that we would hear, that we would hear that call to go. That you didn't call us to be a Sunday club here in church to have a nice time but you called us to go go into all the world and make disciples go into all the world and take and proclaim the good news of the kingdom go into all the world and bring my healing go 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 God I pray that we would get hold of some of the urgency of this that actually when we look round on a Sunday and we don't see new faces, we don't see people who don't know you, that actually that should be a reminder and a prompt to us that we can't just stay here on a Sunday and have a nice time, but we need to go. God, when we're in our workplaces, when we're hanging out with friends, when we're at college, remind us that we're not alone. Give us the boldness and the courage and the faith to step out, to offer to pray for someone, to share your love with someone through our words, through our actions. Give us that boldness and courage from knowing that we are not alone. Help us to go, to be a sent people into your world, into this community, to proclaim the good news of Jesus everywhere we go. How beautiful are the feet of those who carry the gospel. God, may we be beautiful in your sight because we go with boldness and we go with courage. 